I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Sit, boo-boo, sit, boo-boo, sit. Girl, I don't. Some bad hat hair. It's a cool story. Get any of that? Not a doctor. Bye, have a beautiful from your life. Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis and today we'll be discussing Auntie Donna's Big Ol' House of Fun Season 1. Now, if you're a keen listener, you may have noticed a couple of things with how this episode started. We aren't reviewing Lovecraft Country Season 1, and Damask did not introduce herself. Unfortunately, Damask is still unable to record a new episode, so while we wait a little longer, I'm joined by three very special guests to very misguidedly talk about an absurdist humour comedy show. From the Swapcast podcast, please welcome, back to Hunting Seasons, our unofficial third chair and poo hands himself, Mr. Paul Mitzi. Hey, Paul. <laughs> hey. I don't know if I agree with being called poo hands every episode, <laughs> From the Dialogue Options Video Game podcast, we also have Mr. Joel McDonald. Hey, Joel. Hello. Hello. And the other host of Dialogue Options, Mr. Kyron Morrison. I don't mean to call you the other host like you're it's the fine. secondary host, Kyron. It's fine. We, we switch on and off. It's fine. We're, okay. we're both hosts every other week. Excellent. Exactly, yeah. How are we all doing? How are you doing first, Paul? Yeah, going good. Um, just first day of um, the harsh lockdowns in SA, but um, yeah. Staying positive, so no, all good. As you were saying before the podcast, how the like things have changed. Most of this year, Damascus and I have been in lockdown. You've been lorded up in South Australia, being able to yeah. do stuff like go to parties and yeah. you know have a social life. <laughs> now look I at s- you, not laughing I anymore. S- I I still think this is due to you, you guys doing voodoo on me as revenge <laughs> as revenge for making you watch Westworld and upload season one. This is it. We we deliberately got coronavirus, put in a letter, sent it to your house. You didn't get it, which is you know, but somehow it got out there. So that didn't happen. That's terrible. That's terrible. We'd never do that. Uh, Joel, how are you? Not too bad. Um, just. Trucking along here, like yeah, as lockdowns lifted for us, so starting to ease back into doing more things, but um, still spending a lot of time watching TV and things. I just finished watching like season two of The Boys, so I'm caught up on that now. Um, but yeah, apart from that, just trucking along, can't complain. And Kyron, uh, yeah, again, much the same. Uh, obviously, as a regional Victorian, our lockdown lessened up a, a bit of like longer ago but i've still just been so swamped with work that my free time is spent trying to get through as many games for before the end of the year as i can at this stage oh yeah you're coming up to the mm-hmm. big so what we've got you guys do a big um end of year like top 10 or top 5 sort of game of the year type thing at the yeah. End of the year. yeah early next year we'll do that yeah early, early next, next year, year. Now, now Cyberpunk is pushed oh, to <laughs> as far as it possibly could into December. 
It's yeah, my busiest like, month. It's just like here's a massive, um, you know, RPG. I'm like, cool, that's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks, guys. Yeah. Well, before we get into the review uh, proper, I just want to ask, um, what have you guys been watching, playing stuff lately? Is there anything particularly interesting you'd like to share with the listeners? Paul, I'll start with you since we're back to the start of the rotation. Um, yeah, actually, today I just binge watched the entire season of the new Netflix Christmas TV series, Dash and Lily. Have you guys it, heard of this at all? It's a TV no, series. No. I didn't know. I knew that was a bunch of Christmas content, but I didn't realize it was a yeah, TV series. Yeah. So, so yeah, Netflix have been like really doubling down on their Christmas content. Um, and this one is like a. It's about eight 20 minute episodes, which is like perfect length for me. Um, and mm-hmm. it's. Uh, um, it's from the makers of Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Maybe. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, it's about this girl and she um, uh, is sick of being lonely at Christmas. So she puts a blank notebook in her, um, in a, a bookstore uh, with instructions for like a scavenger hunt around New York and then hoping that a boy will find it. And then they pass notes to each other in the notebook and do all Christmassy things, but never meet each other. Um, yeah, it, it's very heartwarming and just, it's exactly what I needed in, in ISO. So I would sure. highly recommend it for, for people that want that kind of content. It kind of sold me on it, to be honest. It sounds kind of cool. I want to check that out. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really quirky. Uh, like, it's it's cute and like it's like New York porn. You know, like the snow yeah, falling right. and the Christmas oh, yes. decorations, and yep. um, it's all shot in location. So if you like that kind of stuff, it's it's definitely worth a watch. Joel, you said you've just have you just finished the Boys season two? Yeah, I I sort of marathoned it. I started. I watched the first two episodes months and months ago of the first season. And um, I, I enjoyed it quite a lot. I just never got back to it. And then the other day, I, fi- I, I just finished watching... I'd caught up on, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine because I finally got around to watching that as well. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm going to give it a watch. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go back to it. So I started back from the start again. And then once I got to a certain point, I just couldn't stop. And I just sort of marathoned the whole thing. And that show is not for everyone, I don't think. <laughs> it's pretty bleak and pretty full on at some points. Um I not so much enjoyed it. I I mm-hmm. I I had a good time watching it. Even then, it's still not good. Like I, I it was good to watch. I enjoy. Uh, I don't know how to put it. It's similar how I was talking about <laughs> Last of Us Part Two earlier this year as well. But do you think it's good though? That's I mean, it doesn't have to be enjoyable necessarily. A yes. fun time to be good. I've had yeah. people I trust suggest. So Cam Williams, who's a friend of the show, I may have mentioned this in a previous episode. He said. He could see the boys becoming like Game of Thrones in the sense of like where it's going and like the sort of mythos mm-hmm. it's building is that good? Would you agree with that? Uh, I I could see that there are, there is another element of Game of Thrones that I would probably equate to it as well in terms oh, of okay. like no one's safe. Sure, I guess in a sure. way gotcha. to some to mm. some respect. Um, but yeah, I I mean like it's Carl Urban. I could watch him. Like do anything, especially when he's doing like accents and things like that. It was just, and with that Cockney accent, he's just such a, he's so unlikable, but I can't stop watching him. Um, and then, um, yeah, Jack Quaid as as Huey as well is really great. The cast is like really enjoyable to watch. Um, uh, uh, Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander, is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that character is just like sometimes horrific and well, most of the time horrific, but like, he's just so 
scary to watch and just the way that he holds himself and, and, and emotes in scenes. And it's, oh boy, like, um, which is, you know, funny because, you know, he's actually got a cameo in this, uh, in Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. Um, and with, so I seeing him in that while I was like, I'd literally just come hot off the heels. I was still in the, like, towards the end of season two of The Boys and I was just like, crazy whiplash from seeing him <laughs> go from one uh, one sort of thing extreme to the other. But yeah, I think I think it's really great. It is it is very gory. Like it is right. Gory, gory TV. Um but yeah, like um <laughs> as much as I hate to say it and kind of desensitize a little bit to it I guess, but it's um <laughs> video games um, do that to you. I know, right? Blame it's yeah. video games. Yep, that's uh, everyone else does, so uh <laughs> but yeah, I would say I would say it's definitely worth a watch if you're into this sort of like um like re- hearing about like the comics were sort of like written in sort of like Bush era government and then seeing where sure. this it this sort of is very much different from the comics but it is very much a show for our time and place at the moment especially in America so yeah it's pretty fascinating in some aspects yeah, I have to say, I, I watched The Boys as well, and I, I must be a terrible person because I didn't find it hard to watch. I just found it very enjoyable and funny, and the gore yeah. is hilarious, and it, it, it's like, just an enjoyable show to watch for me. I'm kind of glad you said that because I just didn't want to pay myself in a certain life, but yeah, I, there, were, there were moments especially where I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's sort of, it was just one of those, like, so many of those moments where something happens and you just go, oh, oh my God, like, just uh, like, shock laughing in a way but yeah yeah it always manages to outdo itself yeah it does very much so oh boy all right and kyron what have you been up to what have you been watching uh look like i said playing a lot of games but as far as what i'm watching i've actually i was speaking to you about this on the weekend we actually saw each other in person which was lovely it was it was i still i now (laughs) know that brother's a real person again i was beginning to wonder after a few months are you sure Um, i wasn't a hologram i I didn't touch you i wasn't willing to touch you might not be look i'm just paranoid enough because i've been watching a bunch of fringe so (laughs) (laughs) who knows now But um, yeah, like it's one of those shows I've been meaning to watch, and I think it was one of your lockdown recommendations, Brod, yes, like back it was. in the day. Mm-hmm. So a friend was just like, just gave me the DVDs and was like, watch this show. And I was pretty slow to get onto it, but about halfway through season two, like it's in, it took me like six months to get through a lot of that. I liked it, but I was just like, oh, I'll dip in here and out. And then season two onwards, a big plot point hit, and I've just been chaining it yep. ever since. <laughs> It's it's one of my all time favorite like oh shit and then the plot starts moments just like exactly, when the yeah. actual story kicks in <laughs> yeah for sure no better example of that in a show than uh, than Fringe season two it's it's like the last thing you want to do is it, give it any sort of hint as of what it is because it's such a cool yeah great absolutely moment. but then it's like oh now I get this show and this is I'm so invested yeah so you, and like you're, the big go on I was gonna say the biggest revelation for me from this entire show like I know I had nowhere near enough respect for John Noble, but mm. I, I should have had so much more. And now I do like, man, that man is amazing. Well, that's the weird thing, right? It's like, I try to think I've seen him in apart from return of the King. Exactly. And Fringe. And both of those are pretty excellent performance. I think mean, they are excellent performances. What else has he sort of done? He's I in boys add, season I, two. Okay. <laughs> oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> does show up in the boys. <laughs> very, very did nice. You, did you miss him, Joel? No, I, I, I'm having a mental blank about who we're talking about here. Oh, um, <laughs> he played um, Carl Urban's dad in yeah. Boys Season 2. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. That's John Noble, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's very good. <laughs> he is. Uh, he's incredible in Fringe. Actually, yeah. like Joshua Jackson and Anatov, I fucking I love that trio. Yes. Yeah, so, 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 so I'm worried because I'm going to finish Fringe and now I know that Mindhunter's not coming back. Where am I going to go for my Anatov fix now? Yeah, I like, know. It's really sad. This is unacceptable. Well, Dawson's Creek's just been added to Netflix so you can at least continue True. Joshua Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> Stay on that Joshua Jackson train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get this moving and get to our spoiler-free review of Auntie Donna's Big Ol' House of Fun, Season 1. Let me clue you in. Season in review. Auntie Donna's Big Ol' House of Fun is an American sketch comedy television show created by and starring members of the Australian comedy group Auntie Donna, with notable producers behind the show including Egg Helms and Scott Aukerman. Creative forces behind Comedy Bang Bang, the Earwolf Podcast Network, and Between Two Ferns with Zach Galifianakis. Annie Donna's Big Old House of Fun premiered on Netflix on November 11, 2020, and stars Mark Samuel Bonanno, Broden Kelly, Zachary Ruan, and a slew of celebrity guests that I won't mention here because it would spoil the fun. Big Old House of Fun Season 1 consists of six episodes, it's each coming in at around 20 minutes, and took us approximately two hours to watch. So... Before we get into our reviews, I just want to ask you all, how familiar were you with Auntie Donna before Big Old House of Fun on Netflix? Paul, we'll start with you once again. Um, I was vaguely familiar uh, with Auntie Donna. I know my uh, co-host of the Swapcast podcast, Brendan's like a giant fan, um, and he had shown me video here or there. And I don't know why, I like I remember enjoying those videos. I don't know why I didn't watch more of them. I think it's because YouTube rarely recommends me things that i'll actually enjoy um so uh you know you know as much as i appreciate the constant stream of like dual lipper videos um it would be <laughs> nice to have a few of these things like sprinkled in there as well um but yeah i and so yeah vaguely familiar with them yeah sure joel um yeah so i it's gonna sound like i'm like name dropping here um i actually went to uni uh they were in the year below me with uh, Broden and Zach and uh, the writer, one of the writers is Sam uh, and the guy who does all the music, Tom. They were in like the year below me at university in Ballarat. Um, so I kind of knew them from, from there. And then I left uni for reasons. And then, um, you know, a couple of years later, saw them at the comedy, like saw them, they had a show at the comedy festival. I was like, oh, that's really cool. They're doing some cool stuff. And then from then, I just always just out of the corner of my eye would see them just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then, yeah, like, I finally got around to seeing them live a couple of years ago with Kyron, actually. Um, yes. We went to their um, Glen Ridge uh, Secondary College show at the Comedy Festival. Um, one of the best nights of, like, uh, one of the best shows I've been to. Um, uh, only topped by them, actually, was uh, I went to their um, their album concert they did a live concert where they performed all the songs from this album that they put out. Mm-hmm. And it was like a like a concert, like a rock show. There was a mosh pit and people were dancing and singing and they got into the crowd and it was it was wild and it was so much fun. Um, but yeah, it's just been so amazing to see them blow up and now have a show on Netflix that's, you know, executive produced by Egg Helms. Like, that's uh-huh. massive. Like, it's, it's huge. Um, and I'm super, 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 like blown away with how well they've done like not to say like because they definitely deserve it they've worked so hard um you just got to look at like the slew of content that they've put out over the last 10 years um and yeah so like it's it's really awesome to see them sort of get to this point now and uh, where they have this sort of 
they were sort of already on sort of like, you know, the underground global recognition, but I like, you know, being trending on like on Netflix at various places around trending the world. Trending in is... the top 10, a lot of places. I think definitely in the UK. I'm not sure if they broke the top 10 in the States or not, but they were definitely no, sure. thereabouts. Yeah. They were working their yeah. way into it. Kyron, what about you? Uh, so I'm sort of somewhere in the middle. I do remember Joel showing me a lot of Auntie Donna sketches, like back in the day. He was always just like, you should check these guys out. Um, but I think it was like, whatever, whatever year they did like their 1999 special, like that YouTube miniseries was sort of where I really jumped on board and basically haven't really looked back since. Like every time there's a new Auntie Donna sketch, I'm like, cool, got to watch that. I try to keep up to date on the podcast because that essentially is just even more Auntie Donna ridiculousness if you're hungry for it. But um, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm probably similar to Paul, I guess. I know about it more through you guys than anything else. I think you guys have thrown... Well, in like group chats and stuff like that that we have, particularly Joel and Kyron here, you've thrown up videos here and there and will make references to Arnie Dollar sketches that I don't know anything about. They'll then have to go watch it to sort of get the joke. Uh, clompy, clompy something. I don't know. Mr. Bull. Yeah, that stuff. Um, and so here and there, I've seen bits. I'll be honest with you, no, like they've never really grabbed my attention. They've like, oh yeah, had a little bit of a giggle here, had a little bit of a giggle there, or sort of just bounced off things and never really given my full attention to it. It's not necessarily, this absurdist humor is not necessarily my sort of, my cup of tea generally in a, in a general sense, which I do want to just talk about before we get into our reviews, why we're reviewing this show right now. And I think there's a couple of reasons because trying to review... An absurdist comedy series when we aren't comedians. I mean, I, we can be funny sometimes. I think our podcasts are entertaining, but we aren't comedians. Um, and something that's so subjective as humor is ridiculous. But to be fair, it took two hours to watch and, and you guys did me a solid by letting me do, <laughs> like coming onto this episode in a pinch. So thank you very much. So that's your reason. And also, I think it's worth noting that we are an Australian podcast and we don't really review that much Australian content. And I only Donna. This is something that's accessible to everybody internationally on Netflix, and it's probably worth highlighting for people who may not be aware of it. So hopefully that we can do that at least. Uh, with all that said, Paul, would you like to give your spoiler-free review of Annie Donna's Big Old House of Fun Season 1? I'd love to. So 2020 has been a rough year, guys, and in South Australia it's especially been a tough week. But I have to say, the extreme silliness of Auntie Donna's big old house of fun was such a welcome reprieve from everything that we have been dealing with at the moment. There is no deeper meaning here. Auntie Donna isn't a meditation on injustice or abuse or really anything. It's just a bunch of Australians using a Hollywood budget to try to make the audience laugh as much as possible. Comedy, and especially sketch comedy, is as subjective as they come. But I have to say, this show made me laugh a lot. The sheer absurdity of it all and the willingness to go that bit too far for a joke, this show had me in its hooks from sketch one. And for me, there were very few sketches that didn't have at least one solid laugh. I've had a hit and miss run with Netflix sketch comedy. I Think You Should Leave is one of my all-time favourite shows. But more recent efforts like Sarah Cooper's Everything's Fine and Astronomy Club were not particularly funny to me. Auntie Donna is a show that I will be re-watching and showing to my friends and quoting forever. And I know that for a lot of people that won't be the case. And that's fine. Hating awesome things is a valid life choice. 
Now, let's get through this episode so I can go back to YouTube and binge the entire Auntie Donna back catalogue. <laughs> How much would you say there is, like, the people who are in the know of this? Like, like, There's like dozens and dozens and dozens of sketches? That's pretty amazing. Lots. Yeah. I, I, yeah, like, so much. And so much good stuff as well. There's some, like, misses in there for sure, but with the amount of, like, firing content that they put out there, it's... Well, I, I, I think as well because of the, the the Netflix really taking off, they've actually revamped their channel a bit and they've actually got like a introduction to Arnie Donna. Sort That's of, a good mm-hmm. idea. Selection of videos at the top of their channel is sort of yep. to wet your whistle on. I'd be fascinated it, to know what the metrics have done for them in sort of the last mm. week or so since the show has come out and just people yep. looking for more and then find them on YouTube. Uh, Joel, would you like to give some your review? Uh, sure. Uh, so, you know, like I said before, it's no secret that I'm a big fan of Auntie Donna and not just cause like I, I knew them in a previous life sort of situation, but it's more so that it, this kind of weird stuff for some reason hits with me more so than most things. Um, I think the thing that I love the most about anything that Auntie Donna does is that it's usually like each sketch is usually related around, like based around one stupid joke, but their commitment to that one stupid joke and just to explore every conceivable facet of that stupid joke um, is what I I like about it so much because you just you start at one spot and then some suddenly a sketch will just end or it'll it'll evolve into this like you know nightmare situation um, and uh, I just love seeing where that goes and seeing how crazy they can get and it's yeah like I said before it's just amazing to see them finally get this big big break and to see that it's sort of taking off in some places in the world. So, um, yeah, it isn't for everyone. Um, but like, you, you know, it's, it is two hours to watch the whole thing. Like I sat down yesterday to recap a couple of episodes while I had lunch. And before I knew it, I'd watched the whole season again. <laughs> it, it was just such an easy watch to put on and laugh at. And, um, and yeah, I, I, you mentioned, I haven't finished watching it yet, Paul, but I, I've, Watch some of I think you should leave as well, and it, similar sort of like in that that sort of vein of weird comedy that mm-hmm. um, I really enjoyed that as well. Um, but I like these like six episodes, and you're done. They're twenty minutes each. Um, one of my favorite podcasts, my brother, my brother and me, they did a TV show for a now defunct um, comedy streaming service. Um, it's a similar thing. I can watch that show over and over and over again, and I have, and still find it funny. And I feel like this, like Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun, is going to fit into that category now. Um, of my, like, go-to, I need, like, just to unwind for a couple of hours. I'm just going to watch this and laugh. Excellent. Kyron? Uh, so, yeah, again, much in the same boat as Joel, honestly. Uh, for me, watching this show was incredible, not just because I'm a big fan of Vani Donna, but to just see them with a budget flourishing on Netflix with all these guest stars and just the combination of sketches that are brand new uh, sketches that uh, they've done on their like stage shows, which I was just like, oh, I recognize this, I recognize that. And then just even some sketches that felt like sort of sequels to their older sketches. Oh, it okay. Just, yeah, it sort of, it t- obviously took up my final bone a lot. And I think what really helps, as Joel said, their commitment to like exploring that joke, but even just the chemistry that these three guys have and their ability to play off of each other and just, which is obviously just developed over all these years of doing a sketch comedy. And that was really what helped drive this this series home for me. Like, as funny as all the sketches were, it was so often the thing that would break me the most would just be a throwaway reaction from just, even if it's just like in, an insult. But I'm like, I don't know why that was so funny, but it was. It's just, again, these, these guys just play each off, off each other so well. 
but I just I can't stop watching. Very cool. All right. Uh, I think the note I took at the end of episode one kind of sums up my overall impressions. I liked it more than I thought I would. Glowing review, I know. Uh, (laughs) This is hardly the best thing I've ever watched. Sometimes I wasn't sure if I was liking it more or less as it went along, but that has uh, more to do with just vibing off each new idea that was thrown at me. I'm certainly not walking away from Big Old House of Fun, a convert to Annie Donna's stylings yet, but what I got was enjoyable enough that I'll probably check out season two, if there is a season two, when I'm in the right mood. There's a lot to admire about these guys, I think. And again, I'm coming at this as someone who's only slightly familiar with Annie Donna and is apparently taking this way too seriously. Uh, (laughs) But for the podcast, why not? Uh, It's short. Six 20-minute episodes packed full of skits that don't last more than two or three minutes each. And infectious energy and breakneck pace means even the jokes that aren't landing for me personally uh, don't last long enough to become a problem. And to be fair, nothing made me like cringe or like bounce off it necessarily. Unless it was meant to. Sometimes they, they're trying to make you cringe. Broden, Zach, and Mark are fully committed to each and every moment that nothing is ever worse than meh, maybe. Without getting into specific skits or jokes, which we may we will do in our spoiler section, I'm sure, there were a number of elements that I enjoyed thoroughly. The, just the general execution on themes, feel, and ideas, such as having fun with aspect ratio changes and different film quality and styles. Like, whenever they go for something, they go hard in not just with what they're doing, the trio in particular and who else might be in the shop, but like what they're doing to make it feel that genre or feel that way um, with like production values and stuff. The myriad of absolutely throwaway celebrity cameos, what a perfect waste of talent. Uh, And the very vague episodic structure, right? I'm a simple man. I like me some structure in my comedy. Even madness needs something to shape it for me. And each episode's word of the day and very vague narrative through line was enough to feed that hunger in me. So, it, like, I know that makes me boring, but, like, just having that to, like, sync these things to I, helped me to enjoy the madness a little bit more. Overall, I probably only chortled a handful of times, but I smiled a lot. It was an easy breezy, very silly couple of hours that I can at least say I don't regret spending in front of the TV. Feel free to put that quote on your poster, boys. Um, which you will probably tear down. Now that's... <laughs> um, let's get into just talking about the show in detail. Getting to spoilers, I guess, for that. Final well, a score for this. Uh, what would you give this out of five stars? Paul. I'm giving it five. This is five just so stars. Five, oh, five, five fucking stars. And I'm not backing down, all right? Jesus. All right. Joel. Uh, hey, i got to follow the same thing. Like, five fucking stars for sure. Like, yeah, I, I think it's definitely five stars. And also, my score ratio doesn't mean anything here. So That's good I point. Like, I, mine, mine's a throwaway score, so I can give... I have no What previous... did you give Doctor Who season 11? I'm trying to remember I think what I was you very. I think I thought very carefully about that as well. Okay, I'm pretty right. sure it was... I think I gave it like a three and a half, four, I maybe? I mean... Po- Paul's name is Mud on this show, so his score doesn't mean anything. This point. <laughs> Kyron, what was your score out of five stars? Yeah, look, I'm sorry, Brod, but I'm going to come up with, with the other, the other two guests here. Uh, five stars. I'm going to give it a one just to break the light. Just pull it <laughs> down. Today. I'm going to do that. Um, I'm actually going to give it a very high, a high three and a half. I was like looking through my, like I've done, you know, nearly 200 freaking, or 100 reviews, 200 reviews, 200 reviews. And um, like I was looking at my 3.5s and my 4s, I'm like... It's definitely better than the 3.5s, but I 
just not quite where my fours lie at. So a high 3.5, which is should be a recommendation. Like I'm recommending this show. Even as someone who doesn't feel like it was for me, who didn't feel like I was fully enjoying it as much as you guys obviously did, I definitely liked it. Like, I, I don't really have criticisms for it, except that I didn't always find it funny. And God knows if we've done enough on this show, I have no sense of humor. So don't listen to me. <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Before we dive into spoilers, we'd like to ask everyone who enjoys the podcast to please review us on Apple Podcasts. Nothing helps the show to grow more than by throwing five stars and maybe a couple of nice words our way. Uh, and in a blatant act of theft from the Swapcast podcast to sweeten the deal, if we reach 25 written reviews on Apple Podcasts, we will finally review Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1. Face off. <laughs> Next week, we hopefully will finally be doing getting to our review of Lovecraft Country Season 1. If you'd like to contribute to our dis- discussion of Lovecraft Country, or if you have any thoughts on Auntie Donna's big old house of fun, you can write to us or send us an audio recording that we may include on a future episode to contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or find us on Twitter at huntingscast. But right now, let's talk spoilers for Auntie Donna's big old house of fun Season 1. You're now entering the Spoiler Zone. Spoiler warning. From here on, we'll be discussing everything that happens in season one of Auntie Donna's Big Ol' House of Fun. I remind you, this is an absurd sketch comedy show. We're spoiling jokes. There's nothing more like in-depth or anything than that. Before listening any further, we recommend watching all of Auntie Donna's Big Ol' House of Fun up to this point. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You You have been warned. warned. Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. I want to start with something you said, Kyron, because this intrigues me a little bit. The idea of like sequels to old sketches. What? Yes. What sort of stuff are you referencing there? That's interesting to me. So I'm, I'm not sure if I if sequel is the right word, but almost like spiritual successes, the one that comes to mind immediately for me is the housemate interview one. Yes, which is even just a sketch I where sort of was going to guess that one because there's the one of the there's one where Broden's like standing at the front of a classroom is like the yeah the roll, doing call the roll call sketch yeah yeah so and, and that was just the sort of thing I was I was getting at there where I was like this is familiar but it's new as well so it's just sort of taking that idea and sort of taking it to different places with different stupid jokes the same very similar thing with um trendy barbershop as well which yes is that, yeah uh, trendy cafe or trendy bar trendy bar it was trendy Trend- bar yeah or oh, trendy cafe. Yeah, trendy cafe. I can't remember now. There's a lot of trendies. It's a trendy something, a hospitality restaurant. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that. Yeah, that's that's also like a you know, spiritual successor sort of thing. 
And um, oh, the sports physiotherapist one as well. Yes, yeah. What Which was is, there? A, what was that similar to? So in the Glen Ridge uh, Secondary College series, like the YouTube series they did, um, there's a, a a sketch where it's Michelle Brazier being the school nurse. And that's why she right. says at the start, she's like, I used to work with children, and then I moved into sports physiotherapy, which is exactly the same. Um, so that's like a bridging. See, there's law here. Yeah, yeah. there kind of is. Cowdoy uh, as well. He's a carryover character. Like. Oh, Cowdoy. Yeah, I, I <laughs> so, thought I'd heard of that character before, and then they just like slotted him in as like the fourth housemate. There. I was like, like that. <laughs> um, how did you guys feel about the transition? Like these are these are like famous Australian comedians who don't stop making Australian references, which I will talk about in a second, they transition into this, like, American... Like, they've gone from doing YouTube skits and and, um, live stage performance and stuff like that, transitioning to this Netflix formula with a big budget, made in LA, obviously, made in America. Like, did that transition seem seamless to you? Did it change the quality of their product in any way? Did it change the feel of their show or their their comedy at all? I personally don't think so. I like you were saying before about how the, like each episode had some form of structure to it. Like on, watching through the second time, sort of like really absorbing it a lot more. Um, I I was sort of like really appreciative of that. Like I, I and I think it kind of worked really well with their style of humor. Like it just because they can just like it's, you don't know when a, a sketch is going to end or how it's going to end, and it can just go snap and you're into the next part. But it always sort of felt. Like, it flowed really well, especially the the first episode, I think. Like, the first, like, three sketches kind of flow mm-hmm. from one to another pretty well, in my eyes, for, like, three different kind of ideas. Um, it doesn't yeah. feel like a show with any compromises. Like, you can't feel the studio going, you can't do that, or that's going too far. It really feels like Netflix were like, do whatever the fuck you want, and they did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, theoretically, that's what Netflix has been famous for, right? There's often talk about in Hollywood where you can feel the studio influence, where someone's idea has come in and changed things. And the opposite has been true of Netflix. There's been reports of people feeling like Netflix has actually been too hands-off at times. Mm-hmm. So for someone like Arnie Donner to come in who have a really, really solid idea of what their comedy stylings are and being allowed to do that to just with a budget to the full extreme and not have to com- compromise to like, you know, make the executives happy or whatever, that seems mm-hmm. like a perfect marriage. Um, Absolutely. The only time I've ever heard that idea refuted was about what's happening with the Avatar live action series. Mm. Um, but we won't talk about that now. <laughs> <laughs> um how did you guys feel about the constant, well, not constant, but the numerous, very Australian specific references throughout? Things like Crazy John's Phones and 4 and 20 Pies and Aquila Shoes. Denya and Aquila Shoes <laughs> and Eagle Boy's Pizza. And my favorite of all, my favorite of all, Car City Ringwood. That's yeah, my Car City Ringwood, guys. <laughs> Car City Ringwood is such a deep cut that anyone like he like knows like in Victoria. I don't know if it's like a world. Yeah, uh, Victoria. Sure. I think, but like yeah, Victoria, I, I never Car heard of City it. Ringwood. Yeah, like, <laughs> Victoria. You've seen, you've heard that ad. You know the jingle. Car like, City. It, yeah, like it's that's a deep cut. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's nothing that we as Australians love more than 
Australia uh, than Americans seeing out our things and like acknowledging things that are ours. I don't know why we love that so much, but we it's do. It's an inferiority so. complex, Paul, and you are a hundred percent right. We love it. Like reference humor is the lowest form of humor, right? This is what Family Guy's been living off for years. You know, yeah. cut to Peter's in I don't know Gremlins or something like that. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. And this is just, and it's not really. They're not really jokes. They just happen to name the things that need naming. Mm-hmm. With things that only Australians and sometimes Melbournians, Victorians will recognise, but that gets a smile from me every time because I guess I've got a dumb lizard brain who, exactly <laughs> like you said, <laughs> likes to see that stuff represented in something that I know is also being seen in the USA and the UK and Europe and everywhere around the world. It's like, haha, Cassie Ringwood got mentioned in internationally, like spread wide show. There's um, a whole thing in on like YouTube where there's like hundreds of videos where they get like celebrities and give them like Tim Tams. Tell us what yes. you think of this. Yeah. Yes. Or pronounce like, these words as well. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Ha- yeah. Vegemite. Yeah. What does Vegemite taste? Uh, you know, and like these shouldn't be entertaining, but I'll watch every single one of those. <laughs> and <It's>, uh, <laughs> it just, <laughs> something about it just yeah. gets to us. There's a, a genre, just to go off track slightly, there's a genre of um, YouTube video that I've come across recently. I think it's happened ever since. You know that that uh, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac uh, meme started, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, skateboard, yeah. Yeah, but it's like somehow from that I found this genre of YouTube videos where young people, often um, people of colour as well, are finding like 60s, 70s, 80s music that white people love for the first time and listening to things like Fleetwood Mac or Queen or the Beatles or whatever it might be. And like, or um, what's the one I can feel it coming in the air tonight? Like, uh, who's that? Phil Collins. Phil Collins, Phil Collins oh, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. The dad of Lily Collins from Emily, from Emily in Paris. Paris. Everything comes back to Emily in Paris. <laughs> Everything comes back to Emily in Paris. Um, <laughs> so that was for you, Paul. That was just for you. Yeah, thank no, you. Uh, and then like, like I've watched a few of those and I'm like, I am such a loser for wanting validation from younger people who aren't <laughs> of my skin tone. Like what a Just, dorky thing to want to enjoy. It's, it's a similar so thing going on from like in video games as well with um, Among Us being huge at the moment. Sure. And everyone's using the whole term of like, you know, oh, I think uh, purple sus, like using oh. words, the word sus as like a, and the world sort of discovering that. And it, we're just like, we've been doing that. For, that's, that's like general knowledge for like general conversation for us. But yeah, it's a similar thing where every time you hear people like figuring it out and sort of like, oh, that's a really cool way of saying it. Like, <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Our high school lingo is getting validation. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you guys have anything specifically you'd like to talk about? Because the next part thing on my agenda is let's talk about our favourite skits, which possibly is the worst thing we could do, but maybe is the only thing left. Um, um, is there anything about the show you'd like to talk about, a quality or an aspect of the show? I think like the details of the show are really good. Like re- yeah, re-watching it, there's stuff that just goes by so quickly that you don't even realize that just before we started recording, I was rewatching the family feud sketch <laughs> and he, in, in that bit, he like tells someone he's going to um, punch his fucking face and it bleeps face instead of fucking. <laughs> like, and it's just those little things that you don't even realize when you first watch it. And then when you rewatch it, there's all these little details. Uh, I think the show is so stupid and like silly 
that it's easy to overlook actually how much detail and hard work and like thought actually went into all these sketches and all these moments. So yeah, I, think, I really appreciated that. I think the only like censoring bleep that actually is I, that actually hits, I believe, is one from Egg Helms when he finally figures out that everyone thinks he's Ed Helms. <laughs> Egg and, Helms. Yeah, like I think that is like one of the only ones that's on point. Every time they try to censor something else, it's always off point. Like in the housemate skits, like new housemate skits, like I fuck loud, I fuck often, and I fuck every night. Like it's just beep, beep, <laughs> straight after it. Um, like that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's the only one that's that nails like the actual timing of it. But um, yeah, I, I was sort of building off that as well. Like just the continuity of things as well. Like, you know, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Right from the very first sketch with everything's a drum and the chaos that ensues from that, them just trashing their house where Mark jumps through a wall and then for the rest of the series, that wall's plastered over uh, and not <laughs> painted and it's, like, constantly there. Um, but, yeah, things like that, they're just, like, you don't even realise it's, it's it's just organically there within the scene. Um yeah, that I is really one of the things that. that makes me want to rewatch it though, is because there's definitely a lot of pause or yeah, blinking you'll miss at moments that were definitely mm-hmm. worth pausing, like things that people are writing or scrawling. Like there's bits where I think, uh, is it Mark? I can never remember which one's which. Um, is like writing something in a pad while he's talking. It's like I scream <laughs> and I don't think anyone's listening. <laughs> yeah. or something like that. And like <laughs> lots of things like that. In the moment, I'm like, if I didn't have to review this today, I would be pausing it to check what that is. Um, and that would I definitely think, be worth think- rewatching. I think my favorite one was the um in the the sketch with the the man who's shit himself but is taking it really well. Like when I was watching it the second time, I, I pause on the credits and it's actually just the script to the first episode. What? And it goes through like the lyrics, everything's a drum. Really? <laughs> yeah. I did notice the ending song changes every episode as yeah. well. Yes, it does. I also yeah. like that. I only noticed that the on the fifth episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, this is changing. Because Netflix was always taking me away from the ending. Exactly. But on the second, the second watch through, I was like, no, let's play it with credits. And that's when I realized that it was just great. You got to change your settings, guys. I have yes. a no autoplay, watch really the credits. Agree. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to turn on watch the credits because I'm sick of that happening. Yeah, and yeah. my my yeah, my wife my wife doesn't have that, and every time I watch like we're watching oh, something no. on her account, and it just automatically starts. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> calm, it's fine, it's fine. Everyone has different ways of watching things. It's fine. Um, so right. we're yes. four guys, four white guys in our thirties. In so Australia, w- did anyone feel triggered by the impersonation of white guys in their thirties in the initial? <laughs> Absolutely not. It's brilliant. It's the Dark Knight is a brilliant on. film. Brilliant. brilliant film. <laughs> uh, so I had no problems with that. Uh, I take it on the chin. Yep. Fair enough. <laughs> yep. Um, nothing. Nothing is safe. No one is safe. <laughs> I really. I just wanted to highlight the the music as well because most of it, like especially a lot of like the dancier stuff and like the mm. dubstepy like house music stuff, um, that's Tom who mm-hmm. does a lot of. He has like a side project called God Wolf. He did with Joe Kosky, um, who's another Bra- Ballarat alumni who actually is referenced in the show. Um, the beers. Joel, I think you went to uni one year too early. <laughs> yeah, I think I did. Yeah. I used to always, I, I have a weird memory, again, this makes me sound like such a wanker, but like, there was a, I have a, a memory of being really drunk at a party and like, cause I used to talk with Zach quite a lot and we were just drunk and talking about how much we wanted to start a radio show together. This is like a weird memory of mine that I have. And now he's just, he's I think that's show. called regret. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Um, but yeah, Look, Joel, I'm sorry, I'm not Zach. Okay, jeez, <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. Um, yeah, no, so like, yeah, the the beer labels are actually called Koskies, and there's a picture of Joe right. Koski on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, there's also um, Steve in the the organ sketch, where it's like oh, yeah. give them to everyone, but not. Yeah, yeah, I hate Steve. <laughs> That's actually a picture of another guy. He's not credited, but it's another guy from their same year level at Ballarat as well. And I didn't realize that until I checked the IMDb page and it's listed there as uncredited. And I went, oh my God, it is too. Um, but yeah, the music itself, I their music is fantastic. And like, if you haven't, if you've, you've just watched Andy Donner, you haven't really, uh, like Big Old House of Fun and you haven't watched anything else or anything, I would recommend uh, watching the music videos for the album because um, they're really funny, particularly if you start with something like Chuffed. Um, yeah, Chuffed is actually one of my favourite ones I've come across previously. That's the one about the like dad who's just Chuffed. Yeah. 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 That's actually really, really good. I really enjoyed that one. It's like just this parody on like bragging rap and it's um, <laughs> as Broden being a, you know, a dad talking about all the things that make him Chuffed and it's it's really funny. And um, that whole album, like I, <laughs> I could honestly listen to just like, you know, while I'm driving, I, I have done that, like, going to and from work, that's my go-to listening album, so, um, and, yeah, for the most part, Tom does all the music for that, and I've always loved it, like, they, the, the Auntie Donna theme, um, which isn't in this show, but, like, their normal Auntie Donna theme is, like, this fucking pseudo-dubstep banger that is so good, and when they played it at the live concert, it was just, like, a free-for-all, um, so, yeah, big shout-out to the music side of things, I think it's, really great and like you said the ending credits song changes every time and has it basically recaps the episode and tells you if you didn't like it to get fucked and uh, just kidding please keep watching that's a poor um, mitzi uh that's a poor yeah. mitzi move, i literally tell my my listeners to get fucked every episode <laughs> so i deeply related to that song every time i play <laughs> Um, I do agree with you though this, The music is really strong There are a lot of songs There's like at least I would th- At least one song An episode If not more Yeah, yeah. Um, and There's some really Really good stuff in there uh, Alright We're going to do it Favourite skits Who's willing to go first What was a favourite skit For you guys Or just a favourite moment If you prefer Mark's graphic mime sex scene. Oh my god! <laughs> Let's just start there. That turned You're... one of my least favorite skits into one of my favorite skits as it went along. Like that initial so... bit where they're just talking about each other's clothes. I'm like, did fucking David Lynch direct this? What the fuck? I was is gonna this? say, hey, I hey, Zach likes David Lynch. Leave him alone. Yeah. Well, now I understand what's Cause... wrong with this. Karen, if I'm not familiar though, if I'm not mistaken though, that was essentially there. Haven't you done well for this series? Wasn't it? it... It sort of seemed like it. We didn't have a we didn't have a haven't you done well, and I, that felt like the closest to it we got. Yeah, um, but then yeah, does, good lord, it it like just you know delves into this like graphic sex scene, mime sex scene of Mark having sex with himself basically, and it's every time like just the the amount of detail he puts into every movement is just so disturbing, and I can't look away, and I love it so much. <laughs> Um, I really loved in the final episode when the queen rocks up and she walks in the door and she says, what's up, you piece of shit? (laughs) That just broke me. I don't think I laughed at anything more this entire year than that moment. So I would have to put that. (laughs) It's particularly great as well, considering it came out like, what, a week before the crown season four as well. Yeah, Yeah. I was thinking that. It's, yeah. It was a running gag on their socials, like, leading up to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... Like they, they they seem to have an affection for the crown because it 
I was rewatching their like their t- their t- web series that they just did, the one you were referencing before, and they referenced the Crown DVD in the Kiln in the Kiln sketch, yeah. and then in this one as well in the Family Feud sketch as well. Um, things you put in your mouth. The crowd, the crowd yeah, season one. Sense. Are you aware of the power of shadows? Or just like it's like the things you put out next. But uh, I was going to say shotgun. I'm skipping you. <laughs> it's okay, he's dead. <laughs> oh. uh, I think my I've got a selection of favorites. The Ellen sketch where it's like you've won a Toyota Corolla. Yeah. Just the absurd levels that that went to made me really, really happy. It goes and for fact, so long. The fact that it just stays on Broden's Ellen yes. the entire time as well. Um, and it's all just the audio of Zach um, as he's, and just the constant yelling through that. I thought it was extremely funny. I don't know why they made me so much. I really liked the, the, the joke of Mark doing the Italian... Um, <laughs> like a real like offensive stereotype and then calling his mum yep. and that final yep. bit. With him being his mum, it's uh, yeah, so it good. Uh, the uh, the running jokes that I liked, Zach's character work one, where it, like the when that the woman walks into their bar and At they're the like bar, Zach, yeah, and pulls yeah. Off, and it's like it was fantastic, and also the parking. Now you know they make that joke earlier about like whether things are relatable or not, which yeah. I thought was them trying to like go. You know, absurd, like, this is not what this is. Absurdist humor is, you know, it's so easy to make relatable humor or whatever. And they went and yep. did a joke about how hard it is to park sometimes. And I just, <laughs> I just loved all of that. I loved it also because it felt vaguely like they were referencing Queer Eye. Like, it was all yeah. about getting styled and fashioned up. And then they had the cameras that set up the same way they do in the car and yep. just like devolving into like, <laughs> I wasn't yelling. I wasn't yelling. We've been in that car trip, right? We've all been We've in that all person. been in that car trip. <laughs> yeah. That was I ex- relatable. Yeah. yeah. It was. I accept your, I accept your apology. It's like, I wasn't fucking yelling. I wasn't fucking yelling. <laughs> yeah. So good. Uh, um, Karen, do stand out for you? Yeah. Man, because I, I actually, on my second type run through, I sort of started noting down a lot of the sketches. Okay. And man, it's really hard to pick a favorite, but I still, the ones that, that sort of break me the most, I really like the song Morning Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That song so is, good. is just on loop in my head daily now at this point. <laughs> um, and yeah, obviously the Ellen sketch as well. But in, again, I, I don't know why. Maybe it's just the accents, but I loved the South Africans ah. from, the, from the podcast. Have you seen District 9, Mark, was one of my favourite quotes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just his reaction where it's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, I, also, uh, I also really liked Blair Boyant. Blair Boyant, yeah. The Claire Boyant. Like, that was just so stupid. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And just, like, the cuts to the music is, like... I misread your email. Like, <laughs> yeah, Blair Boyant knows your fucking granddad. Like, it's just... <laughs> that stuff was just broke me so many times um, on multiple watchings of that. Another one that was just... Again, it was just really stupid, and I liked that it was actually referenced, I think, in the episode before it, is... Um, when the doors open and they say creak, it sounds like a man saying creak. Yeah. <laughs> just for like naming all of Christopher Nolan's films yeah. and then he <laughs> can't name go twice for Dunkirk, Dunkirk yeah so yeah <laughs> uh, yeah do you, do, does everyone else have like a favourite song I think Morning Brown's probably like the the big yeah the, the big like, hit I think but I mean yeah. it was Morning Brown but like that's a relatable also yeah. just when Zach's character comes in uh, and also just wasn't ready for it also too I mean starting off with Everything's a Drum if you're an Auntie Donna fan yeah. that's like 
a classic from one of their live shows and oh. for them to kick off with it it was like oh here we go we're setting the stage so um i really enjoyed that again, as well again speaking of things from a stage show but again it was just great to see in the tv show is just zach drawing a square <laughs> like why don't you stop being such a cunt <laughs> just every yep. time yep. yeah um, and anytime Cowdoy showed up, I, I love Cowdoy. He's such a he, he does the dishes, man. He does the dishes, <laughs> <laughs> and he's and he's not a lippy fuck either. Oh, he's not a lippy fuck. And I, th- I forgot the other reason why I liked the That's So Relatable song. It's just because what happens after that with the nets, which also brings me to another one of my favorite moments. Is just anytime it's I, well the two times with Zach and I think it's Broden as well when they're playing a character on screen, but their Auntie Donna persona is there as well. It's just a mannequin, yeah, the dressed like them. <laughs> Um, yeah. But um, yeah, just the way Zach's character leaves with the net after that sketch. I'm sorry that oh, you've yeah. opened the f- you've, we've op- you've opened the floodgates now, Broad. It's it, Kyra and I actually haven't had a chance to like talk, like physically talk about this show together. We've just been messaging each other. So this is, this yeah. means I can just watch you guys do this. Why don't you? Watch? You can just do this. <laughs> fill up an hour and You're a half. You're welcome to the content, by the way. That's a Where podcast. There's a- where, where there's annoying people at the party that are just like, oh, what about this part? Oh, it's so funny. Oh, I this part here as well. I mean, that's the part I of mean, the episode we're up to, isn't it? The, the only other option we can go is, so now, why did you find that funny? And I don't think we're quite capable of having that discussion. I was going to say, when you started the group chat, Broad, you were like, do you want to come on the show and discuss Auntie Donna's like Big Old House of Fun? For a brief second, I sat down and I'm like, how do I explain why I find this absurd yeah. crap funny? Because... Mm-hmm. It's it's madness. Because I know there's people in my life that I would show this to and they would be stone-faced or, like, upset at me for showing them. Like, yeah. it's, such a, it's such a particular type of humour. You're either on board or you're not. I watched the first two episodes with my wife and she's... It's not that she hated it. She, like, giggled at a couple of things. But she for the most part, I'm, like, in stitches. Uh, and <laughs> I, she's just sort of like... So I when to worry that we are evidence that this is made for straight, well, white men. We aren't all straight, actually, on this podcast, I think about it. But, but for <laughs> white men in Australia, like, we're just the target audience and that mm. if you're not that, you're not going to find it funny. I don't know. Oh, well, you know, if there's anyone that doesn't fit in that demographic that's listening, like, make us Let feel us better. <laughs> Drop us a line. <laughs> Tell us this wasn't a waste of time. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, speaking of stone face though, that's how I would like to rewatch this show stoned. Like, I think uh, that's how I would like to do it a second time that I think I might get a bit more giggle out of it. Um, I was going to say like, I, I feel like I want to watch cause I know like I'll watch Auntie Donna stuff in general, despite myself and I will laugh out loud once or twice, but say if Kyron comes to visit, like usually at one point of the night, we end up just going down the Auntie Donna rabbit hole and I know we're just both killing ourselves laughing so i think it's one of those shows like it amplifies it or one of the they're totally. one of those comedy groups that amplifies by the amount of people that you're watching it with yeah um, but that's and- why they're that's what they're live performers right like you go to a comedy show and yep. everyone's there to laugh and therefore mm-hmm. it just becomes like a thing that happens automatically and so i yep. wonder if i would have laughed harder if i did see this on stage or something like that they because i off- would have gone with the crowd like i said i smiled most of the way through this i was enjoying myself enough i just didn't laugh out loud very often yeah they feed off the audience so well in the live show, like in their live shows. Like it's, they will run with a joke uh, for for ages. Like in the the Glendale Community College one that we or uh, secondary college that we saw, um, which this sketch that it's the school teacher um, sketch where it's like you know it's your lunchtime. You know I I can wait here. Iconic. Yeah, basically keeping kids in at, at like you know for 
not making sound and sort of um and sort of cutting into their lunchtime and it's like one of those situations that you know going through high school you've been through you've sat there where it's like someone's fucking it up for the rest of us and uh, um going through all that sort of thing um that went on for so long in the live show uh, and to the point where it did that thing where it was like it's it's funny then it's like okay it's just getting a bit long and then it just hit another point of like oh it's funny again um so they just they build off that so it's it, it is good to see that they can carry over that energy into like I mean, they've proven it with their YouTube stuff, but in a Netflix 25-minute comedy special episode or whatever. Um, well, they yeah. finally made the audience laugh at the very end, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. The payoff on that was great. <laughs> it was great. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. Does anyone have any side notes before we get to our least favourite and favourite episodes? I have one... Mm-hmm. Um, just about uh, the Alfred Hitchcock cameo, like Zach Dress as Alfred Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. Um, he spent four hours in makeup. They, there's a video up on, I think, their Facebook group, uh, on their Facebook page, about that he spent like two or three hours in makeup, getting fully made up for 30, like a 30, like five second joke or whatever. <laughs> um, and they actually show him, like, re- like from side, like, stage essentially, him filming that scene and then calling cut. And he walked over, he's like, cool, that was worth it. Um, <laughs> so, I just, yeah, you're talking about commitment to jokes, like, yeah, they, they definitely are committed to jokes. And that is te- a testament to that. Out of all the celebrity cameos, I really uh, appreciated Christian Skull. I, I always love hearing her voice in anything. Yes. Um, I don't think there's anything she can't make better. That was my only note, was that Kristen Shaw is only in good things. She's, I, I'm trying to think of something bad. Like, I've seen Kristen Shaw in a lot of stuff now, and I, can, I can't think of a single thing I've seen her in that I didn't enjoy or at least think was okay. Like, she's, own, she's, always, she's always in good stuff. Kristen Shaw's in it. I'll give it a watch. It's probably good. She's great. Least favorite and favorite episodes. What was your least favorite episodes, Paul? Um, I loved all the episodes. I would have to you say five I was stars. thinking about you bloody well want to. <laughs> there was only one, uh, probably the sketch that made me laugh the least, even though I liked it still, was the old timey like sports game one. Sure, um, that so, was a straight up Monty Python bit. Like yeah. I've seen that done by them before. Yeah, yeah. So it was okay, but I think that was in episode three. So maybe episode three just by default. But I wouldn't say there's a bad episode. Of this show. Joel? I would sort of echo that statement. I don't think there's a bad episode, to be fair. Uh, but the one I I found sort of on the rewatch that I wasn't as excited, apart from a couple of parts of that episode, was um, Nighttime, episode five. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because it's too spooky for me. <laughs> it's too spooky for me. <laughs> that is actually very in line with Joel. Well, he yeah, it is, isn't it? Exactly, you see? Um, but no, I, I think it was... I, I, I love... I did love the, the the sun joke at the end, and because um, that, that's just so stupid, and the fact that it's <laughs> what about a Sandman paid joke? actors. Uh, the Sandman was fine. It was just for the most part. I think I laughed the least at that episode. Um, I think the funniest part was Mark trying to put himself to sleep so he could wake up, oh pretend it was a dream. That is probably my favorite part of that whole thing. I did really enjoy that bit, actually. I did like. 
I didn't actually get a chance. That reminds me, but I do like just the bodies being thrown in the bin yes. constantly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The entire duration of the season. So, what, why'd yeah. you just walk off? You can't just walk off and go to sleep when we've murdered someone. It's pretty yeah. great actually, like, and then looking at the sleeping pills. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, while we're just because you've mentioned that one, actually, Weird Al obviously cameoed in that one. Do we have mm-hmm. any particular favorite celebrity cameos? I think mine was Paul F. Tompkins as Jukebox. Because it was a complete waste of Paul F. Oh, Tompkins yeah. in every sense of the word. Absolutely. I gotta say, probably like Anthony Starr in in Stray Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Stray Man, Anthony Starr in Stray Man was pretty funny. I did enjoy that one. Um, I also liked, yeah, Awesome Kong showing up in the Olympics <laughs> episode. That was really good as well. Because I, I had to double take it. I'm like Awesome Kong. I'm like, is that? And sure enough, it is. It's it's Welfare Queen from Glow. So yes, uh, I was like, that's really cool. Um, and she's hilarious in it as well. Uh, Karen, least favorite episode? Again, as everyone else has said, I don't know if there's an episode that I didn't like. Um, but again, on a, on a second watch, I'm trying to think, man, did any of them not make me laugh? It would... Not because it's too spooky. <laughs> episode five might be the same for me as well. Oh, but again, wow. I, I laughed like oh, most of the way through. Kyron's a scaredy cat. He's never actually played Amnesia. I'm looking He's at these, these sketches and like, they're so good. I love all the episodes. <laughs> I, I personally think Olympics was my least favorite episode. I just didn't take any notes for it. Like nothing necessarily stood out to me as being particular. Like, but you're going to mention a skit that's in that to me right now. And I'm going to go, oh yeah, that was fairly funny. But I don't know why. The it was test. just the one... Anti-doping official. Uh, yeah, oh, was right. that was that was great. The, yeah, uh, the I drink. The, piss. There's got a bib on. <laughs> the question at the end of like, now did he join the anti-doping association because he could get access to piss, or is it more of a cultural thing? He's just sort of fallen into over time. That was the funniest part. Of that one. Uh, favorite episode. Uh, reverse order. Kyron, what was your favorite episode? Uh, looking over all the sketches, I think it was episode two. Just starting with Morning Brown, um, it also has the Ellen sketch for South Africans. I love the free time bit at the end when they just start throwing the ball around. <laughs> and the, the fact that it ends with like, uh, like this is not canon. This The ev- oh, yeah. the, um, <laughs> the events of this episode will have nothing, will, will never like appear that. again and further on. <laughs> the superimposed, these are paid actors over the sun attack. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. Episode five is pretty great to see. Uh, yeah. Joel, what was your favorite episode? Um, I'm really struggling to pick one. I'm going to have to say, I think Olympics is probably my favorite. Olympics or dating? Actually, I will go dating. Just because, yeah, I love the uh, the parking sketch. Like, that made me laugh a lot. Um, and then catching the notification in the nets. And yeah, just, yeah, it's uh, and Cowboy catching it for him. So, <laughs> I think that's probably my favorite one. Paul? Uh, I'd say the pilot episode one, House Housemates, um, is just such a strong... Uh, introduction to them as comedians and um yeah as you guys said before like the first three sketches just like flow so well with each other um like i knew i was hooked straight away so i actually agree i think episode one is the strongest episode for me i just came getting to the end of it and realizing that was like oh i'm actually going to enjoy this and it did just seem to flow better than any episode Besides that, and that, that when you talk about nighttime being a least favorite episodes, the fact that it's just so disjointed, and I know they're making yeah. fun of that with like yeah. the anthology type thing with Weird Al and stuff is fine, um, but I know the first one just really, really just that that was a great introduction. A hundred percent agree, Paul. It's a very, very good episode. Uh, does anyone have any predictions, hopes, or concerns for future Auntie Donna, Big Old House of Fun? Anyone willing to make a prediction on where this show is going? I dare you. 
I feel that uh, with COVID-19, it might have to be shot in Australia next season. Oh, yeah. They could totally mm. do that, though. Like, why yeah, not? that would be great if they could. Mm. Considering how many celebrities, I think, are living in Australia at the moment, I'm pretty sure Matt yeah. Damon's yeah. been hanging out. Uh, oh, Zac Efron is... Zac Efron. He's trapped Natalie in Adelaide. Portman. Natalie Portman has been mm-hmm. seen at Woolies recently. Yeah. Uh, like... Why not? There's plenty of people here they could use. <laughs> Get Tom Hanks back over here. You know, he's, yeah. We know he's immune now. <laughs> uh, I just all I would say is I think that they're going to get a second season. I think. I think so. The trending in Australia is not too surprising. Trending in the UK though is pretty significant, and I think there's a good chance that they will find. And I've seen some pieces written up um, from some fairly prominent critics in the US as well. I think it, it might be a bit of a slower burn over there. Maybe now's not the funniest time of the year. Right. Funniest time in US history either right now. But <laughs> yeah. I, um, I do feel like that they're going to get that season too. I can't imagine it's that expensive to make. Like the return on investment, I think must be pretty high for a show like this. It's, it's yeah. Like it's, I, in my mind, I, I think they'll, they'll get a second season for sure. But um, I just, I want to put them out there as the uh, the Bluey of Australian sketch comedy. So that's what <laughs> I mentioned. Bluey, Bluey of Australian sketch Bluey's comedy. taken the world by storm. It's it's loved by everyone, and you know I hope one day Auntie Donna is in that same echelon for sketch comedy of Australia. One that's day my... we'll get you on and some other dads to talk about uh, Bluey and how great it I'm is. I'm waiting for the call, dude. Honestly, <laughs> I poor. That see that that last episode that came out, tears. D- did anyway. it make you chuffed? It did make me chuffed. It did. Yes. Ah, oh, <laughs> absolutely. Beautiful. What an ending. Well done. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Shawnee Boy Draws. And our theme song and bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club. A birthday loyalty club also, just a really good, um, nowhere near as frequent, as prolific, prolific as Auntie Donna. Check out Birthday Loyalty Club on, on YouTube. Yes. They've got some amazing stuff. Yes. Just some brilliant, absurd comedy. Check out uh, their web series, which I also assistant directed, Try My Best. I think if you like Auntie Donna, there's a good chance you'll like that too, actually. Give that a try. Uh, find good. links to their work in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordes, on Twitter at B Gordes, B-G-O-R-D-E-S. Damask wasn't on this episode, but you can find her at Masky. M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. Paul, tell everybody what you do and where they can find you. Uh, so again, I host the Swapcast podcast with my friends Brendan and Lucy, and every episode we watch a body swapping film and review it. Um, our next episode coming up is a film called Tammy and the T Rex, which uh, from 1994, and it's about Paul Walker who um, gets attacked by a lion, and then his brain is surgically removed and put into a, the body of a giant um, animatronic T Rex. And he goes wow. on a killing spree. Um, it also stars Joel. Denise. <laughs> it it uh, also stars, stars um, Denise Richards as well. So, oh my god! Um, oh wow! Oh, you know it's going to be qualities. <laughs> and, and it was originally made as a horror film, horror comedy, and then they edited it down to a family film, and now it's just been rediscovered in its full glory, gory details. They've remastered it and released it as oh, Tammy and the T Rex wow. Cut. Wow, so, okay. um, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, that's so I, I recommend seeking out that film, but also um, listening to our episode on it because we had a lot of fun uh, reviewing that one. 
um but yeah uh so the swapcast podcast you can find us on all the socials um acast apple podcast spotify everywhere so uh, what did you do for your last episode, Paul? Oh, the last episode, we actually had brought a Devascon and we talked Whoa! about um, TV. <laughs> that was really subtle. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, so we reviewed four um, iconic TV body swaps. So we did an episode of Community, Futurama, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and most importantly, Lizzie McGuire. So um, uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, it was super fun. It was it was so good. Um, yeah. I actually, I've listened back to the episode now and I've, I've really, really enjoyed it. So hopefully, yeah, listeners of Hunting Seasons, go check that out. Definitely worth your time. Are you gonna, guys going to make a beeline for Freaky when it's available? Yeah, so um, because our, our Lucy, my co-host, is actually um, just had a baby, so she couldn't go to the movies to watch that. Um, but mm-hmm. it is coming out for... Um, streaming, I think mid December. So, um, Sweet. so when it does, we'll review it then. Brilliant, excellent. Uh, Joel and Kyren, where can people find you guys? Uh, you can find us at Dialogue Options. I'm just doing our end spiel now. It's like, <laughs> Go for it. which I'm not very good at anyway. When every time I have to do the end spiel, if you want to hear me embarrass myself more so than I have probably on this episode, you go listen to us there. But no, we are we are a video games podcast. Um, we just talk about video games because we really like them and we talk about video games that we like most of the time because we have to buy them so exactly we can't we, can't re- we, can, we don't really want to waste money on games that we're, we're not going to enjoy even if it is for content even, I have Virgil we do it we have some bets to, we've got a stake to come we up do with need to the come game awards soon so I'm going to have to pick a bad game for you to play yeah I'm for jeez yeah. You've lost the last two years. I so. have lost the last two years. The last game I had to play for losing the Game Awards last year was uh, Jump Force. Um, that was not a fun time. Um, it's a bad anime game. Um, but yeah, when we talk about video games, our last episode we put up, I think, was the Ghost of Tsushima cast. Yes, yes. I'm just yeah. listening to that at the moment. Yeah, so we... we enjoy Yeah, we um, talked about the yeah, Ghost of Tsushima from Sucker Punch Studios, which I think we all very much enjoyed. Since then, we've had a go at the raid, and it was an interesting time, to say the least. Um, I was quite frustrated. I apologize, Joel. Yep, yeah, nope, that's all right. We all had our moments, but we'll, yeah, you can hear us probably talk about that the next time we get together to record. But um, if you want to find me individually, I'm at Jolly Mac on Twitter. Um, that's pretty much all I use is Twitter. So, yeah. Um, guys, uh, you can... uh, sorry, I was going to say. Um, no, no, you, no, you go. Uh, if if you need a guest for your podcast, there's one video game that I'm an expert in, and that's Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, All right. I have I'm not spent... sure if that's on brand or off brand. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Look, it's not creepy if a gay guy is playing the game where <laughs> that's obsessed with like anime boobs. Okay, what's that <laughs> segment you have on your podcast every week where you oh. objectify? Hot or People. not. <laughs> Hot or not, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've spent hours grinding on that game, getting the, all the bikinis. Have you? Yes. You've grinded on literal, that game, Literal <laughs> grinding and metaphorical grinding. Uh, so if you're going to do a special Dead or Alive Extreme Volleyball 3 episode, 
Um, <laughs> apparently, all the PS4 games are backwards compatible on PS5, <laughs> so there might even be like go. a HD upgrade when we get PS5. Ooh. So, oh yeah. yeah, the boob physics chip they've added to the PS5 really in- improves that <laughs> experience. I'm sure the boobs oh, jiggle so the, realistic. The boob physics with a smooth frame yeah, exactly. rate. Oh, true, true. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> 60, 120 frames per second. 4K. Boob jiggle, 4K. <laughs> That's what we're all waiting for. HDR. Oh, God. Who makes Dead or Alive games? Because they are onto that right now. They're already playing. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, other host. Oh. We didn't hear where we, people can find you. Sorry yet. to interrupt. Yeah. No, that was worth it, honestly. <laughs> and now I'm going to keep an eye out for Dead or Alive Extreme Volleyball. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter where I am just at LemonManX. And yeah, obviously, I'm also wherever the dialogue option socials are. Wonderful. Thank you so much, guys, for coming on doing this last minute. You did me a huge favor and the listeners a huge favor. Thank you, listeners, for indulging our madness. Next episode, we really, really hope we're back to do discuss Lovecraft Country Season 1. I'll tell you what, if it's not that, just to give you a heads up, it'll probably be The Queen's Gambit Season 1 with another special guest. But uh, hopefully it'll be Lovecraft Country. We'll see. In the meantime... Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Good night, everybody. Absolutely. The only really... Oh, yes, please. No, no, you go. Uh, The only... uh, only... Wow. (laughs) (laughs) We all host podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) That's where we're at. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.